Welcome to Peter Jackson's Level Up Chips, the official game of the movie. Hey y'all, welcome back to Level Up Chips, the weekly gaming podcast from CM Life that talks about everything game related. That's right folks, when we say everything, we mean everything. Those roller coaster tycoon games you played as a kid are not safe from discussion. I'm Mike Gonzalez and I have with me rotating co-hosts Max Logan and Brennan Valentine. How's everybody doing? Uh, I mean, I guess I'm just doing fine. Uh, I'm back home to get my second dose of the COVID vaccine later this week, so uh, I'm just going. Awesome. How about you, Brennan? Well, it is that time of the semester, but the, with the weather being nice and everything, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic that I'll be able to get everything done. Um, you know, projects and everything are coming up, but, you know, there's still stuff to look forward to. And I'm also getting my second dose of the vaccine this week. So, twins. Oh, awesome. <laughs> awesome. Uh, for me, I already got my first dose. I got the Johnson & Johnson. And um, <laughs> kind of a, a weird story about that. Um, it's kind of why I look a little bit beaten up at the moment. Um, I, I got the Johnson & Johnson and I passed out. And I, uh, I I broke my nose and cracked my head. So <laughs> it's a little bit of a, a strange thing. I had a lot of uh, rare circumstances, you know, not eating. It was really hot, wearing a double mask. So honestly, I should have expected that, but things kind of got a little bad. But moving along from that, um, let's get into some of the, the video game stuff, you know, some of the news. Um so I, I was meaning to put uh, some stuff before about that roller kite tycoon, roller coaster tycoon thing. Did you guys ever play those games as a kid? Is it was the title specifically roller coaster tycoon? It's like those games that are almost like Sims, but you could like build roller coasters, maybe like a, a school or something. You know, they had all sorts of those games. I think when I was younger, I had it like on the computer, like it was like the really unrefined version. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think I definitely had one. Right. What about you, Max? Well, no, but I've always been interested in uh, playing them, partially because I heard that you can intentionally sabotage the rides and uh, kill the people on them. So. <laughs> So yeah, it I, is very much like Sims in that aspect. Then just you know, put them in the pool yeah. and pull the pull the ladder. Yeah, you can just play God effectively. Mm -hmm. Pretty much, yeah. Um, I remember when I think I was in fifth grade. I we had like a computer for like the whole classroom, and mm -hmm. whenever there was like a break time or something, we could play that game, and we all took turns, and it was almost like the the classroom fish something like that where we all had to take care of it and sometimes people would put in like thousands of burger joints for this like school or something a university and we'd be like losing money like crazy and i think someone figured out how to put like god mode in they looked up how to do like certain cheat codes to get us like billions of dollars stuff like that 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 was always a lot of fun mm -hmm. um <laughs> honestly I, I like putting in some of those weird games 
that we just never really think about back mm-hmm. then. Yeah. But let's go into um, some of the gaming news just really quickly. Uh, there, there's not a lot going on. A lot of the stuff is starting to become rumors and delays. That's the, the biggest thing that is coming around since 2021 is looking a little bit dry in the, the second half. We don't know what's coming out along for all these different companies. And one of the biggest things that's coming around is that Hideo Kojima, the person who made uh, Metal Gear Solid, is potentially working with Microsoft. Uh, They're not exactly sure on what, but it's pretty big since he's usually with Sony. All the Metal Gear Solid games were usually on PlayStation, and even his latest game, Death Stranding, um, was exclusive to PlayStation until recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on Hideo Kojima? Do you guys play any any of his games? Uh, um, no, no, go, go ahead. for it, Max. <laughs> go, go. All righty. Um, I haven't played a Metal Gear game in a while, like Metal Gear Solid in a while. I think. Um, what was the one that was out? Let's see, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Two thousand. Metal Gear Solid 4. Metal Gear Solid 4. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, I think I played that That one didn't have, that wasn't Snake that was the main character, right? Oh, uh, might have been either MGS2 or uh, Metal Gear Rising you're talking about then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know it, the one I played, I was like, oh, because like it was my cousin's game and he had it. So I like would play it uh, at his house. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, because I was familiar with like, um melee and uh brawl and i was like oh snake um and then <laughs> he's like no not snake <laughs> so uh but that's that's oh. it but i liked the um i like the game and i like the gameplay mm-hmm. and i'd like to see it like adapted to like a modern format because i haven't played a more modern metal, uh, metal gear game so i'm interested to see specifically with microsoft if there's going to be any like structural changes to the game yeah I'm just really curious at the moment. Was the gameplay, was it stealth or was it more like sword combat? I think it was more stealth. Okay, that's Metal Gear Solid 2. Metal Gear Solid 2. Okay, cool. So I know I played it around 2009, 2010, but older game. Right, of course. Uh, Personally, for my uh, Kojima experience, uh, I'm not very well versed in it. I played a little bit of Metal Gear Solid 1 which a lot of people still say is the best one. Um, Played a bit of Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, which is a platinum game that was made under supervision of Hideo Kojima. So uh, it isn't directly one of his games, but a lot of the story beats come from uh, his camp. Um, So yeah, that's my experience with that. But I have heard about Metal Gear solid game on the PSP where you fight Monster Hunter monsters at one point. Like a Rathalos and a Tigrex. It's it's weird. I've also heard like Banana Factory out of context. Like, I don't know. It's... I have so many questions about that. Yeah, uh, it's called Metal Gear Rise, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, if you want to go check it out. Oh my gosh. I actually, yeah, that was the PSP game. Yeah. Yeah, I, for the 360, um, which we'll talk about later, but the 360, 
they had a remaster of Metal Gear Solid 2, 3, and Peace Walker. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I only got to 2 and then I realized I didn't like the gameplay. <laughs> it's, it's a weird type of uh, format because... Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to explain it, but the way that you control the character with the stealth and like putting yourself up against the wall and shooting, it's kind of clunky. You really have to understand how it works, kind of the Resident Evil like tank mode. Right. Where you really have to understand, okay, I can't just go left and right and that's it. You know, I actually have to turn my character and move forward. It's type that kind of like getting used to. Right. Um but I'm I'm really excited to see what Kojima works on just because I did play Death Stranding, um, which was relatively interesting. I think that it was a neat game, and I hope that maybe he gets a little bit more supervision yeah, <laughs> to keep uh, his ideas on track. Yeah, that's a thing that was kind of lost, in my opinion, with Death Stranding. Uh, he didn't have... Well, Death Stranding uh, was his first project outside of Konami uh, with his own studio, Kojima Productions. And with that, he had no, like, finance. He had no supervision from, like, business suits. So he's just kind of free to make whatever he wanted. And Death Stranding, it has its own merits, but it's a very love-it-or-hate-it type of game. So, like... You know, whenever somebody talks about playing Metal Gear Solid, they're like, oh, I really like it because, like, there are actually, like, user-friendly elements that keep people s- staying in there. So, yeah, maybe this one will have some supervision from Microsoft. I don't know. Yeah, so that that's just, like, one of the rumors. Um, some of the other rumors that are coming around are a lot of remasters and a lot of remakes. Um, to list off just a few of them, uh, there's stuff like the the Sonic Color game that came around, uh, what was it, like 2000, 2010? 2010, yeah. yeah, I think 2000, maybe 11. Uh, that, that might be remastered. The Fire Emblem Radiant games with Ike, the Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn, they may, may be remade. I'm hoping that'll be maybe in the th- Three Houses engine. Maybe they'll have a little bit more to... to use since they understand it a little bit more they'll have like a capcom is talking potentially about a resident evil 4 remake i don't know how that's gonna go and goldeneye just got their ip uh coming in and people are wondering if the wii version is gonna get remade or if the the, yeah yeah, the original for n64 made by rare might be remade. i played the original n64 one i was so bad at that game (laughs) um no, because I my older sister had the N sixty four. My dad was a big like Bond person, so he bought the GoldenEye game and he would play that. Um, and then I'd like, oh, I want to play it. And then I just like I can't aim because I was like five, um, and I just get shot. And I was like, well, this isn't fun. And I'd go back to Mar- Super Mario sixty four. <laughs> but I think I should go back and play it now. Next time I'm home, I'm gonna pop it into the N sixty four. All right, yeah. fair fair warning, just really quickly. You may still not be able to shoot. <laughs> oh, so it might not have just been the fact that I was yeah. five. Yeah, the controls like suck. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people recommend that if you really want to get the full Goldeneye experience, 
you go get an emulator, you maybe go follow like a YouTube video and they have a lot of different ways to, to emulate it and change the controls so it's a mouse board, mouse and uh, keyboard, you know, mm-hmm. type of that first person shooter like, and it makes the game just buttery smooth, especially since um, the N64, since it was all cartridge based, a lot of the game is laggy. Um, mm-hmm. It just cut frame rate really, really, really slow. If you get it on a PC, you're probably going to get like 60 frames, especially if it's really nice. Um, so it'll just play exactly how you'll remember it. Mm-hmm. Maybe nice. you'll Not be to... able to shoot. I'll have to, I'll have to find the file because I've got the emulator on my computer. See, or the the universal one that should be able to run most systems. So perfect. Don't talk about it. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, my bad. <laughs> Well, um, one of one of the the remakes that is starting to get really controversial, I have been seeing it talked about all over um, Twitter, and it is making people furious at the moment. Is a Last of Us remake? Um, yeah, that I'm not exactly happy about it either, personally. Um, I don't know what you guys think, but this game came out in 2013. And it was on the PS3, and it's already been remastered for for PS4. And Last of Us Part Two is less than five years old, correct? Oh, yeah, it came out last year. Yeah, I was trying to remember. Like, I it feels like it came out like a long, like a little while ago because there was so much hype for it. But yeah. like, it's it's still like in it. it it's not a dead game yet. No, yeah. not at all. And. Okay. It just doesn't make sense to me because this game, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, Shadow of the Colossus, that got remade, and you guys yeah, but, didn't get angry about that. But, but like, he- that deserved a remake. Like, De- Demon Souls and Shadow of the Colossus, like, I'll be honest, back their original versions do not look, they, they do not hold up in the visual department. Uh, so having an upgrade for them, uh, made, both made by Blue Point, which they did an excellent job on both remakes, uh, is justified. But The Last of Us, it looks completely fine. Like it, it hasn't aged at all. It's just like, oh, okay, it's The Last of Us one. Like whatever. And I'm getting a little bit worried that like. I don't know. Are they going to use the same engine? Are they going to use the engine of The Last of Us Part Two to remake it? And I don't know, change things up so it stays consistent. Because in Part Two, there were some certain people's um, uh, clothes that were different in flashbacks of the first game, and it mm-hmm. was a little bit inconsistent with what the original had and what the sequel had. Um, there, there are a lot of different things that I don't understand are they going to make a whole new engine just for this game it seems like a wasted opportunity i bet i'll play it but still (laughs) it's one of those things where i just i already got the first game why do i got to get it again right yeah using the word remake is like because like you said there's already the remaster version remake implies that there's like going to be some new dimension of it that like the other game was completely lacking that it's not even an improvement it's just a change Right. which doesn't seem necessary. Uh, also, I know there's a Last of Us TV show in production with Pedro Pascal as Joel. Yep. Um, 
so it's not like the you know the property of the last of us is like not being used for something there's actively something else even if it's not a game that's you know being worked on so why saturate the market with that Mm -hmm. speaking of which that show is actually supposed to be taking place in the first part of the game Hmm. which is supposed to be remade so again it just they are oversaturating that first part they are not they've stopped focusing on part two altogether Mm -hmm. and now they're just like all right we hit gold that everybody liked with part one let's just stick with that and i i want to see more stories in that world i think that it's a really neat world i think naughty dog had a great time part two is a little bit you know I don't want to get into that territory because that, that's a that's a big yikes and topic. I I don't want to say what if I liked it or not, but <laughs> but I, I I really think that there are so many different ways they could go about The Last of Us without treading on just some beaten paths. Right. I feel like uh you know, every once in a while, Sony does this thing where they find a really hit, successful franchise, and then they milk it until it underperforms once, and then they put it down and just move on to the next thing. Like, every franchise from the early Sony PlayStation game uh, days, except for, like, God of War and Ratchet and Clank have gone dormant just for that reason. So I feel like the same might happen to The Last of Us if they continue down this path. And it's a shame. shame. It's a real shame. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and speaking of like new IPs, some new stuff that's coming around, um, Deathloop, that's a, a game that is coming out for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, if I'm not mistaken it's made yeah. by arcane studios who's under the, the publishing house of uh bethesda uh, they had to delay the game again it was planned for like a december release then it got delayed to may 21st and now it's delayed to uh september 14th that's the final date at the moment mm-hmm. um i'm getting a little bit worried at the moment because i think the game looks really neat i don't know if anybody knows the premises of uh the story but pretty much I don't know about it either. <laughs> it seems like a it seems like a groundhog's day, you know, once you die you have to restart and try to go through this whole, you know, kill all these different assassins type of game. I don't know how that's going to create a whole game because it sounds just like one mission and that's it. Right. But I just don't know what they're going to do. Is it going to be a roguelite? They haven't really described what the gameplay is going to be like. And the last time we've really had a game where they were not so upfront and they just kept delaying it over and over again was Cyberpunk 2077, which had all sorts of just... Yeah, there, there were a lot of problems with Cyberpunk 2077 where there were glitches bugs crashes everything and anything and everything went wrong and i don't want to see that with arcane studios um the last game that i they made that was kind of big 
was Wolfenstein Young Blood, and that game, oh, that took a, a nosedive right into the ground. That that was bad, just like me. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> post vaccine, yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like as long as they like discuss it at E three or whatever. I mean, even with the PS five uh, reveal trailer way back in the days of uh september 2020 uh they or was it like august point is uh they showed a fair bit of gameplay and like they already had an idea set so i think they might might have just delayed it so that they can talk about it more at e3 since that just recently got announced as happening this year so that's just my opinion so is Deathloop supposed to be like a, a big title, like, you know, the way, you know, like GameStop will like advertise like, oh, this game's coming out, line up at the door, like type stuff. Is Deathloop supposed to be one of those or is this not one of Arcane's like, you know, something they're pushing really hard? I think they're pushing it really hard. It's just mm-hmm. hard to push because it's a brand new IP. That's the <laughs> yeah. biggest thing. Like with Dishonored, it seemed like that was kind of a, a sleeper hit and then once it hit that's when they started to really advertise it with prey it was kind of that same just kind of sleeper type of advertising for some reason arcane studios has really gone under the radar when it comes to being like the huge hits and you know it's gotten some of the spotlight but again people get so confused with what's really happening what's actually going to be gameplay that it just kind of gets swept under the rug even when they're trying to just announce something huge. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like kind of on the other thing, something happened a few weeks ago, like a few weeks ago, still kind of happening. Uh, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga got delayed again. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, yeah, which is what I got. I'm upset because I like, I'm not upset because like, it sounds like they just want to put more effort into the game. It looks like the most immersive in-depth Lego game that like, they've ever done they're completely changing the formula so i'm glad they're putting time and effort into it but i'm also worried again about a cyberpunk 2077 but like lego game is definitely like up there that's something that gets advertised around holidays that's something like kids will get adults will get and they've released nothing and the hype for it is still so insanely high that i feel like they're like we don't want to we don't want to disappoint people we can't have any problems at launch this needs to go right i pre-ordered it back in like november and every time it gets delayed i'm like Alrighty, I guess I just yep. have to wait longer. So I feel like those are kind of like opposite end of the ends of the spectrum. Given like COVID and everything, I feel like there's different reasons for games being delayed. But I feel like these are not the same type of reasons of game being delayed, or at least not yeah. the same scenario. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a really funny thing because it's been a long time since I've actually played a Lego Star Wars game, and it's funny because I I saw the trailer for the the Rise of uh, the the Skywalker Saga game, and I got excited again. And I hadn't heard about it, but as soon as you said the name, something in me just kind of lit up. It was like the the Grinch, just like my heart grew three grew times sizes, that day. sizes, you know, and I was like, what? What about the game? What about the game? <laughs> I think that that you really talked about it, that that's a huge game that everybody loves, even if they don't advertise about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh. Better bring back the grunting instead of the voices oh no it's it's the voices but have you seen like the lego star wars like the stuff on disney plus 
that's yeah. it's just a giant meme of star wars like making fun of it's like like so meta like jokes about this yeah it seems like yeah. the game is gonna be that and i'm so excited <laughs> like you get okay. really good gameplay and then all the the, the cut scenes are like yeah. you know like hey it's campy star wars not serious right. Star Wars. so I'm, I'm excited about that just hoping they actually make the bad movies fun to play through instead of because they have the campy humor, it's definitely going to be funny. They're going right. to make fun of Kylo Ren so hard. <laughs> it's good. I like. I like Kylo. Like, I feel like they, they didn't treat him great, but I like the concept of the character. But if they're going to make fun of Ben Swolo the whole time, I'm gonna, I'm I'm here for it. I know they're going to have the the shirtless Kylo Ren. <laughs> oh my gosh! And they're going to have probably like a cheat where you can just make everybody like big torsos. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that. Oh my gosh, that would that would make my day right there. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's let's just move on really quickly into some of the the meat of the the show. Uh, we're gonna be talking about the seventh generation of video games, the the consoles, which was between two thousand five and I'm pretty sure like around two thousand thirteen, maybe fourteen. Mm-hmm. 14 sounds 14 right. yeah i was gonna say that's around like i think 13 i think that's when it stepped off all because of the wii u i think and that kind of marked that yes four and the xbox one had released was it the same year yeah and then in 2014 they started taping off the old generation yeah that sounds about right about making i'd say 2013 is when like the new engines started to develop so I, I'd, I'd probably give you that something like unreal engine 4 yeah. isn't it yeah yeah mm-hmm. so yeah that that generation between 2005 and 13 is a really really big generation for a lot of us i think because we grew up with it um between the 360 the ps3 and the wii there are about 270 million units sold which is just absolutely crazy especially since the wii sold over 100 million units mm-hmm. um honestly i i forget how big the wii is every now and then i think oh yeah it's not that big and then i remember like everybody in your grandma got that wii because it got you fit it got you just dance <laughs> mm-hmm. um it was just so weird like at the time, like everyone was like, oh no, you normally have like this, you know, handheld controller, oh, like yeah. wireless is an option, but then it's just like, nah, here's a stick. It's just like, go for it. And then it was just so weird and so fun. But like, just like you said, everyone in your grandma had one for Christmas. I think it was like 2007. I think my grandma got me, my like cut and all of like the sets of cousins, every household got a Wii. And then after she saw us playing them after Christmas, got one for herself. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, yeah, Wii is big. Yeah. No, I remember back when uh it came out. It came out November 19th of uh 2006 and I remember getting it for Christmas and my grandpa was here and we all played golf cuz he really liked golf. He like had the the champion type of thing back at his home and um yeah, I remember he was just like motion sucks because he couldn't get it in like a hole in one or something like that. Oh my gosh, that that was a that was a fantastic time getting the me's together, just making the different. This is me. That that's me. Mm-hmm. And 
um getting grandpa in there it was it was a really funny time doing all that stuff it was revolutionary to have avatars like that right yeah um honestly that i would technically personally call it the renaissance of gaming just because we got so many crazy awesome ips that honestly to this day when we think about like video games video games we really think of things like mass effect which you know brendan at the moment his background is from mass effect i have the omni blade right here um you know there are other games like bioshock dead space borderlands assassin's creed even minecraft was uh, brand new during this generation um i mean there are so many crazy awesome ips and i know that they are still you know prevalent to this day you know they are still wild they are still crazy fun um you know max was just playing borderlands 3 um you know that's on the ps5 right now um back when i was at his place and you know these games really made something crazy my favorite is just mass effect and i know brendan has like some (laughs) i love mass effect my it's my mass effect 2 is probably my favorite game of all time um however fun story about when i played mass effect uh I still was like not good at video games yet. Like when I first started playing the number one or the first one. So I didn't realize like, oh, you should actually look at the, you know, the controls option. So, you know, I couldn't use biotics or like any of the powers until like the third boss. And then I figured that out on accident. Um, so like it took me four months to get like three quarters of the way through the game. And then I beat like the, the last bit and then the rest of the games uh, in like a month because I was playing them so much, but I just kept dying um but then i went back and replayed them because uh mass effect if you haven't played it is uh kind of like a choose your own adventure game um and you can make choices throughout that and that's what i liked a lot about uh, mass effect and i feel like that kind of like represents this generation of games really well is like this was kind of like the generation of like choice like big franchises started they started diversifying games because like in the previous generations you had like your big titles like I'm thinking like GameCube, you have like your Super Mario Sunshine, um, Smash, like games everyone has. And then you have some indie games that not everyone has, but there isn't like a huge variety. And then everything like with the new engines in this and then with Wii um, being like a household thing, everything kind of exploded, if that makes sense. You know, I guess I've never thought about it. A lot of the games that really were a defining moment in this generation they had a lot of choices. I'm thinking like the Telltale Walking Dead series, Mass yep. Effect, Bioshock even. A lot of those games really had that you choose what happens at the end. Mm-hmm. And, and even if it wasn't story-wise, customization, it all, like that's where it really started here. Like now, you know, with the Xbox One and PlayStation 5, you can order custom controllers. You can like add like units you can kind of take apart your playstation or xbox they don't want you to do that and like add (laughs) you can change the hardware um but like this is where the idea of like we're not all playing the same game we can kind of make ourselves unique um started in consoles obviously like with the internet um customization it helped with customization because you can have you know these big online platforms but um yeah. yeah yeah no um Max, what would you have to say about the the new IPs? I mean, uh, 
personally, I I was uh, I was raised with the Wii and the Wii ex- exclusively, and then I ended up getting a PS3 later. Uh, the only ones I've really had experience with are Borderlands because I got into the second game on PS3, and uh, I played Bioshock Infinite first. That was a that was a trip. Uh, <laughs> I got around to playing the rest of the series later on on PS4, but uh, yeah, uh, my parents would highly regulate what I played back then. So, like, the most significant games I was playing was like Mario Galaxy on the Wii, which still my favorite Mario games, but that's beside the point. Uh, during this generation, I was mostly playing like kung fu panda on the wii which is not the worst character action game i've played if i'm being honest what's like the worst one uh it's honestly hard to say but the one where i just kind of like felt the worst playing it was the devil may cry reboot but we'll get to that later you were about to say i played the kung i've played the kung fu panda game on wii um if you want to ignore like like the really technical stuff about it, it's fun to play. Yeah, like, it's it, it, it's like not a bad game. I mean, right. it's like it, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I think the only like character action game I really had was this Iron Man two game that oh, one of my yeah. friends brought along uh, for my birthday, and I was like, thanks. <laughs> you know, they probably got it at the bargain bin, something like that, and I remember just. It wasn't that great. I remember it was kind of like this third-person shooter, but again, not a lot of thought into it. Right. So I remember getting to a certain point. I was like, you know what? I bet it's worth something at GameStop. So I, <laughs> I just took it. I was like, all right, I'll get myself something a little better. Right. Uh, but honestly, the this game or this generation actually did help out with a lot of those characters that we really liked you know, some of the, the comic book heroes, you know, Iron Man 2 was kind of one of those games where it was starting to become, you know, a norm for a lot of those movie games to be really bad. And a lot of those comic book, you know, heroes to, to be kind of bad. But all of a sudden that changed with the Batman Arkham series, with Batman Arkham Asylum. That was the game that really you know, was able to create something of their own, a whole new universe of Batman that was able to really get that dark, you know, tone to it, but really have some, you know, just really kick-ass uh, gameplay. I absolutely loved it. And I know Brendan has some thoughts. <laughs> yes, I loved Arkham Asylum. I actually played Arkham City first because I didn't know it was a series. Um uh, so I, I played Arkham City and was like, this is awesome. And then like, I was like, there's another one. So I went, I like immediately I beat Arkham City and I was like, I feel like I'm missing something. And then I went played Arkham Asylum. Uh, but like, you're hundred percent right. Like the, the generations before the only other superhero game I think I played was like um, the Superman, the animated series game on N64, where you defeat Lex Luthor by flying through rings in the sky. Like it was just, it's basically just like a point and click do task stuff. Um, but then you get like Batman Arkham and it has the most, I think it has the, it has influenced the combat system for like those types of games, like ever since, like, the it's not too complicated, but it's not too simple either. 
with the way it works and it evolved as as the franchise evolved but it's like really similar to how um you know uh the playstation spider-man games work with combat uh mm-hmm. it kind of evolved into that which is like a whole other generation of games so um the the gameplay was awesome the story was awesome and it incorporated you know that outside source that already had an audience and it kind of brought more people into video games and then brought people from video games into that comic book realm mm-hmm. yeah no if anything i always felt like the cool thing about spider-man was that it had that feeling of like the batman games where you know it had that relatively same combat of attack dodge counter stuff like that but it was able to get its own twist where it almost seemed like with Batman, you're almost this tank that can just, you know, beat the crap out of anybody. With Spider-Man, you could beat the crap out of people, but you had to be smart about it. You know, they could easily take you down with a gun. And Batman's kind of the same way, but you had stealth that was really, really awesome in both games. But Batman really took that stealth takedown system and really it, it shined in that game. Mm-hmm. You know, being mm-hmm. able to see the heart monitor whenever you uh, looked at somebody, it was really, really neat. And especially in later in the game, they had the heart monitors where if you did incapacitate someone, immediately everybody would be alerted. And it really created a lot of different, almost predator-prey type of moments that made it just so unique from any other game. Mm-hmm. Arkham Asylum's like... Because there was, like, two really, like, two types of fights that weren't boss fights. Like, you had, you know, the eight to ten guys that would come and just, like, you're on the ground, they're on on the ground, they're going to hit you. Some of them might have guns, some of them might have shields, you have to figure out how to get around those. And then you had the stealth combat, where they're all around in the room, Uh, most of them probably have guns, and you have, like, the gargoyles up on the ceiling that you can swing around from. But eventually, they, you know, they wise up a little bit, and they're like, he's at the ceiling, and you can't rely on those. And I love, like, having to, like, because the first half of the game, you rely on the gargoyles. You hang up there. No one ever looks up for some reason, even though that's where Batman is. You just look up. Um, but then you have to figure out, like, your way around the room. And it's not just, you know, I'm going to hang out here until you walk towards me. You have to go out of your way to find people. And actually, like, you, you felt like you were Batman. Like, it was the whole strategy around it. It really makes you feel, feel like, like Batman. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that... Personally, I like Asylum the most because it had some of my favorite Batman villains in there. I know that a lot of people don't like Scarecrow levels, but I always thought that the intros to those levels were like some of the craziest stuff. Because later on in the game, I remember this part where, what was it, you're going down this hall and you don't realize you have like the serum in you and you're, you know, about to get, you know, fear in you. But pretty much the game just freezes. Like the console just bricked for a little bit. And you're like, ah, oh, crap, what happened? What happened? And you're almost ready to turn it off. And then all of a sudden it goes black. And then you're going into the intro of the game again. And you're already like halfway through the game, maybe like three quarters of the way in. And you're like, oh my gosh, it just sent me to the beginning. What's happening? And all of a sudden you see Batman where um, Joker is. and it's all like really weird. Everything's really different. And I absolutely love this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also, I 100% turned off my Xbox and turned it back on because I thought something broke the first time. And I was like, oh, 
Actually, I did the same thing in Mass Effect. In the second one, there's a mission. Uh, if you like complete a certain, like you do the same thing, and um, you complete a mission, and it looks like like a failure, like you did something wrong. And I'm like, oh crap! I guess I'll go back and restart. And then I go, you know, I change my stuff. Uh, you know, I change the mission I did. I go do something else, and it still does the same thing. And I'm like, oh well, I guess this is inevitable. I lose. <laughs> so yeah, no, I know exactly what that is. Um, honestly, again, you know, this this generation was just crazy awesome. It was able to get the IPs, the first person shooter IPs, back into its groove. Call of Duty, which was already, you know relatively big it got huge with modern warfare black ops those games were really big for that series and now it's this conglomerate that you don't want to mess with and then far cry got big um fallout was not originally a first person shooter then bethesda got a hold of it and made it you know an actually like crazy awesome game and halo which was already huge just really hit its stride it hit its peak right in the 360 era it was mm-hmm. one of those games that you usually had your friends over with and you had like controllers and you all played you know split screen you kind of tell people to not screen peek <laughs> hoping that they won't cheat and stuff and i remember some people would get the snipers and just know exactly where you are and you're like i know you're cheating i know something is happening <laughs> though those moments were great i 100 miss split screen I, I like I like same console co-op or local co-op. Same here. And I'm happy to see like the Switch is starting to do that. But just recently, uh, what was it? There's this new game that came out called It Takes Two. And basically it's that split screen co-op and it's more of a platformer type game. Kind of a, a mix of like multiple genres. But I've heard that is like one of those games that you have to get if you have someone that you can play with just on the couch it is just gorgeous gameplay is awesome and story is just awesome too so i need to play it but that's what i've heard at least Mm -hmm. um you know we've been talking about a lot of the great stuff about this generation but (laughs) i think one of the things that we should easily talk about is some of the disappointing factors like uh, the fact that this was the era of gimmicks, just a lot of weird gimmicks like motion control. Um, you know, that's a plus for the Wii, but everybody, you know, all the main competitors, 360 and <laughs> PS3, they, they saw and they're like, we can do it too. And the Xbox Connect. Why use a controller when you can use your body? (laughs) Why just play a video game when your connects can listen to you and you can shout commands or someone claps and it thinks you did something wrong? (laughs) I have a camera right in front of your face all the time. Oh, you mean 2019, 20, or you mean 2020? You know, I digress. (laughs) (laughs) Microsoft predicted the pandemic. Oh, no. Confirmed. This is not clickbait, no. <laughs> but yeah, that that was a really weird thing, especially because I remember seeing like going over to Walgreens with the whole Wii Sports craze. Um, I remember seeing those little plastic models of like, put your Wii remote in the the golf putt or in the bowling the ball. Racket. 
and the tennis racket i remember specifically there was a bowling ball one where it was like yeah i know right pretty much you put your wii remote just in there in the ball and then you just kind of like close it in there and i think like you put your fingers in and there might have been like a hole where you could put like the b button because you had to hold the b button and you just kind of had to let go but again i just see that as a huge issue because you didn't have the wrist strap or anything that's a ball flying right at your tv it's not as bad as uh well it's just as bad as a Wii remote but still yeah like but, uh, that that's a huge issue <laughs> see I liked the baseball bat and golf club I don't know if I would have liked the bowling ball <laughs> nah nah I remember always wanting them and my parents were like it's a waste of money and I'm happy they never got those for me <laughs> um yeah there are other gimmicks too I re- do you guys remember the guitar hero rock band craze I mean, I yes. still have some in uh, my room at the moment. I love Guitar Hero. There's oh like three of those guitars. I remember playing Hotel California all the time. That's how I got introduced to so many rock songs. I feel that. I think that's how I got into Green Day. Yeah. Oh, that was that was a crazy time, but I remember there were like, tens of just the same game just different songs just you know maybe different songs but again it's the same formula and it just got old so quickly after five years uh well that's one of the advantages of the newer games is like a game like that where it's like oh you just need new songs you now you can update it online like hopefully it's not paid which is one of the things i figured we might talk about um, yeah. with the drawbacks of this generation was the start of paid DLC. Uh, well, yeah. I guess one of the big things is that, you know, Act- Activision and EA were the ones who were competing on that front. And when it started to underperform, they both just abandoned it. And then, you know, nothing's developed since with those types of games. So, Yeah. Yeah, those... The DLC was definitely a, a down, you know, bad point in all that stuff. But I really have to say the biggest thing that I remember really not liking was the amount of edgy reboots that a lot of games got, where or maybe like new games, new IPs that just got the same edgy look. I just remember looking at the three. Yeah, Max is Max is rubbing his hands because he is just. <laughs> one of the biggest reboots that was hated upon was the devil may cry reboot dmc and max has a lot of information about that one okay so effectively uh back in that day uh capcom was really trying to push towards appealing to western gamers as opposed to eastern uh where you know they had an established uh base so they tried stuff like the Bionic Commando reboot, where uh, the main character's wife was also his arm. Uh, let's see. They they were about to reboot Mega Man X into like this gritty first-person shooter. Uh, that didn't go through. And the one that actually ended up being mildly successful was for Devil May Cry. 
and uh, it has the original character Dante from the original series, who's like this goofball that eats pizza all the time and you know cracks jokes while he's killing demons into like this like uh, really crass and just uh, it's hard to explain like it's they try to make him look as cool as possible as hard as possible but it's just so try hard and the combat is simplified and there's like some story elements that are really funny to say out of context uh, it's just uh, yeah a lot of the stuff is so edgy that Honestly, it's even hard to talk about on here because it is um, way too mature. Um, <laughs> it just really, really messed up stuff. And I remember being like, wow, this is just uh, crazy that this generation just got into that edgy like stuff. And I, I will say the last generation was like that. Um, but honestly... Um, it didn't get bad up until you know as, until this generation um, but i will say the biggest thing that was a leg up for this generation that i really hope to see the this current generation to to kind of step up on is archiving video games being able to get emulation that you can buy games stuff like that because at the moment the playstation store is planning to be uh, shut down by Sony. Uh, what was it in June? And PlayStation Three is it's a really bad shame. You know, it's a terrible shame because a lot of those PlayStation One games, those PS Two games, you now have to either buy it before the PlayStation Store, you know, shuts down, or you have to get the physical games, or you emulate, which is illegal. But um. Honestly, a lot of people do it, and there's no way to stop it, and that that's a touchy subject, but going away from that, this generation, the Wii had its own uh, uh, eShop called the Wii Shop channel. Everybody loves the music, and yeah, no, it, it, it just, it's a, it's a slapper, you know, it's great, and you know, it had a lot of different generations of games just on there. It had a lot of Sega Genesis stuff. It had a lot of Turbo Graphics, all the little niche games that you wouldn't think would be, you know, archived are there. And that got shut down. The Xbox Arcade had Xbox games. And luckily, the Series X is really awesome at emulating all sorts of games 360, Xbox One. And even Xbox games, you know, all the different generations are there. And the, that that generation, you know, the seventh generation had a backwards compatibility for the most part. And it was fantastic. And I really hope that this generation is able to take a step up. I really want to get GameCube games back on the Switch because at the moment, there's only Mario Sunshine. That's the only GameCube game really out there that nintendo has and they've somehow emulated they they were good about that like through the ds era but now that now that the portable and like consoles kind of converged with the switch um they're like pockets of types of games that they're nintendo's missing out on having access to which is a really 
you know, sad shame because uh, like what we talked about in the news, uh, that Fire Emblem Path of Radiance game that was on the GameCube and, you know, potentially getting remade, that would be great because at the moment, if you wanted to get a physical copy of the game, it is roughly about like $154, maybe 200 at this point, which is just absolutely insane to to get a game that you really like um Mm -hmm. and i i really hope that we really get back into it and that's kind of like the end of what was that generation but i really wanted to talk about the stuff that we personally liked like what were your favorite games on each console that you owned in that generation Uh I mean, personally, since I only really, again, I've only really, only really grew up with the Wii. Uh, I'd say it's prob probably be. Uh, hmm. Now it's hard to say because I had a lot of good games I played on there. Uh, I've, like when I was a kid, it was probably Super Mario Galaxy Two. Uh, but nowadays, it's probably Punch Out because that game i could just play it all day and not get sick of it uh i totally when i ended up getting my ps3 i used some that's uh the dishwasher upstairs but um yeah um when i used to play the ps3 with one of my good friends from back where i used to live we would play lost planet 2 all the time that's a fun game to a uh, couch co-op, so I think that's my favorite on the PS3. Strangely, nice. Yeah. What about you, Brendan? Mm, let's see. So I'm an Xbox guy, so I don't have PlayStation. Um, <clears throat> and it's not like Xbox exclusive or anything. But one of my like one of my the games I anticipated the most that wasn't like a franchise yet. Um, I love the Mass Effect trilogy, but I think I got to go with my favorite one was the game Injustice: Gods Among Us. Um, very similar to Mortal Kombat, made by the same company, um, <clears throat> NetherRealm. Uh, but you replace, you know, the typical Mortal Kombat characters with DC superheroes. Um, and, like, the story was really cool. It was like a, a spin-off, like, world within the DC universe. Um, but then you got to, you know, you know, settle the playground fights, like, oh, who would win? You know, Batman versus Superman. Batman. Um, but then you can, like, play these out. Um in the game like with your favorite heroes and villains and then you know that sparked a sequel later on um and hopefully there'll be another one but um i really like that um and then on the wii uh let's see what did i did anyone ever play sonic and the secret rings on the wii oh boy yeah i did that's a throwback i could not beat it without my brother I couldn't figure out what the, like, I liked the story mode and I liked the gameplay, but I could not figure out, like, how to play these missions so that I unlocked them all. Um, so I played it for, like, the longest time, and I had a blast <laughs> playing it. It also had couch co-op as well, like a, a party mode, and I felt like it was, like, a, a you know, a full balance uh, of, you know, the type of game I wanted from a Wii, a Wii game. Yeah. No, exactly. It was one of those games that I remember a lot of my friends used to play if they had a Wii they usually had a Sonic game and the only one that was there at the moment was Secret Rings um so that that was actually one that I forgot about for the longest time actually just until you said it but 
I guess for me, I think that I had all three consoles at a certain point. Uh, my brother owned the PS3 and then he sold it to get the PS4. Um, and we only had the PS3 for maybe a month. <laughs> but I think my favorite Wii game, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to say the Metroid Prime Trilogy. And I can cheat with this because they actually did have it in one case and one disc. So technically I had all the games just right there. And then my favorite 360 game was Bioshock. I absolutely love that one because I think that was my first time really getting into like kind of that action horror type of game. And ever since then, I've started to play Resident Evil, all those crazy fun games. I've started again to Silent Hill. And it was one of those things where I was probably like maybe... I think I was in fifth grade at the time when I played it and my brother was the one that was kind of scared of the the whole <laughs> Bioshock game he couldn't play for the longest time and I just breezed right through it and you know he's six years older than me he's in high school I'm just like big deal <laughs> um and then the last game for PS3 was The Last of Us that that was something that I love the story I love the gameplay there's always new things that I learn about the game every single time I play. So that that's what I like. But honestly, that that's a generation that I think that we can all really appreciate just because it gave us what we have right now. And honestly, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that generation. It really mm -hmm. gave us something that we all really appreciated and we really refined, you know, as a right. industry, I think. Mm -hmm. So I think that we should kind of put this into a close into the last little segment called game recommendation, nothing too fancy, but pretty much we have a spin, you know, a random picker and it's totally random. We went with seventh generation theme games this week and it was random, but I'll, I'll be completely honest. Uh, Brendan hadn't played a lot of the games that I had put on the list. Uh, and I had had like Dishonored. And then I think, shoot, I think I had Skyrim. I spent, uh, spun it again. I had Skyrim and I'm like, all right, spin it one more time. Bioshock, Max and I have played it. We can talk about it. Right. Um, sadly, Brendan hasn't played that one either. You no, nope, I'm a fake gamer. I haven't. I haven't um, they're on my list of stuff to play. It's just like in college, it's hard to pick up new titles. Right. Especially like big stuff like Bioshock and Skyrim. Yeah. Bioshock is surprisingly, I wouldn't say it's too big. It's a game. But I feel that... like I get into Bioshock, you know, I get into the first one, I got to play like the whole series. And that's what yeah. I meant by big. Oh, I get that. No, I they have a collection that. out. So if you want to get that. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, it's good. been it's been remastered for uh, PS4 and Xbox One. You can play, play it on the newer gens. Yeah, remastered. It's not that big, <laughs> you know. Maybe a good frame rate upgrade, but resolution. Like Mass Effect got you know remastered, or is okay. getting remastered. It's getting remastered. I'm getting excited for it. You know, I think P I think Mass Effect One definitely got 
the biggest upgrade it needed and it needed it hands down i tried playing it it's it needed it clunky long key yeah let's talk about bioshock sorry yeah i'm getting i'm getting a little bit off topic but bioshock is a fantastic game it was my favorite game for a while um but it is a really creepy and super fun shooter um max uh, would you want to talk a little bit about like the story just in case i spoil something all right uh so as explained in the intro which if you haven't played it it's literally like five minutes in uh or literally at the beginning of the game you crash in the middle of the ocean and uh you go to this underwater city called rapture which is pretty much just in complete chaos uh for at the time unknown reasons and uh it's led by a guy named andrew ryan who wanted to create like this perfect completely like free capitalist society so he created an underwater city called rapture uh ended up falling apart again for undisclosed reasons and now there are people going around hopped up on this stuff called atom which pretty much degrades your mind and your body they're called splicers but but those atoms can rewrite your genetic code and create some really cool powers called plasmids yeah like you can shoot fire you can use telekinesis my favorite uh you can shoot bees at people uh that's quite fun. You can also light the bees on fire so that they put people on fire when they swarm around them. It's very fun. Uh, also very dark and uh, in many ways very dark. Um, so it, it's also kind of clunky because it's based off of an old, old game called System Shock uh, which was, which didn't have mouse look, so that's something. Um, the first game is definitely uh, a little bit clunkier because you basically have your left hand with plasmas, right hand with gun. And when you used your gun, your you know right hand is out. When you want to use plasmids, all of a sudden the gun's gone and your left hand's there. Right. Yeah. So you kind of have to switch left and right. And it's a little bit clunky in that sense. Right. Yeah. And uh, one little last bit about the story, you... Uh, contact someone on the radio he's all like hey i'm at hey i'm atlas you gotta find my family uh so you're gonna yeah, do the, I, the I accent. Go find okay. and rescue his family so yeah that's about as much as you're given in the first five minutes and it's it's really fun you know i i really like it because you get to use all the environmental stuff if there's maybe like oil on the ground you can use that fire you can snap your fingers and the fire will just trail along with that oil onto somebody, you know, who's like right on top of it. Or let's say there are like, with the electricity, you can just zap one person, but let's say they're all in a pool of water, like maybe five people. If you just zap the water, everybody gets shocked all at once. So you get to really use your environment to the best of your ability. Yeah, yeah. Um, Honestly, that was, you know, just, one of the greatest games for me because you had the weapon wheel you didn't have to do the call of duty like two weapons at a time uh 
the story is told through audio recording. So you kind of have to figure out what happened in certain uh, situations, certain settings. You might see two people holding hands, but they're both, you know, skeletons at this point. You're like, okay, something happened. Yeah. You see the audio recording, you're like, okay, it's going to tell me what happened. Right. <laughs> so it honestly, it's one of those games that you have to really seek out the story if you want to. Otherwise, you can just go with the base storyline and just kind of go along with it. Right, yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the iconic enemies, big daddies, little sisters, uh, those play a big role. Never really truly explained why they kind of coincide with each other. Yeah, the... I think they just have like this weird psychic link that's never explained too much. Yeah, the little sister is basically like a little girl who is hopped up on Adam to the point. Go, yeah, go they're, on. They're pretty much like immortal, mm-hmm. but basically they have these huge guys, uh, basically mutated, called Big Daddies, uh, that are kind of like basically like iron golems in a sense with drills in their hands they were meant to be just the mechanics of the place yeah just think like uh that one diver monster from scooby-doo that's (laughs) that's what they are yep that's exactly it Uh, that's all you have to think about but imagine him with a big gun yeah or a drill or a big drill and you have to fight that to get to the little sisters and um you know that's just one part of the story but it'll help you get adam so you can actually get those upgrades for the plasmids yeah um that's about as much as i have to say about the game but i've always really liked it because it's the 60s you know it has that art deco style yeah it has that theme of the 60s that's really neat but at the same time you know it's this dystopian city that is changed up changed up with all this new science all this new uh technology that is still in that theme of the 60s so right yeah. you know it's one of those games that you just you have to play it you either have to watch it or you have to play it to really understand how awesome it is mm-hmm. um but that's about as much as i have <laughs> for well, y'all inspired episode. me to you know go pick it up perfect no yeah. that is exactly that's what i want to hear um honestly it's not that hard to find it's really cheap and if you even have a switch you could just play it right there on the go so that's about as much as i have um do you guys have anything else that you would want to say Hmm. Uh, i don't think so no all right oh one more thing uh for all like 10 of us that have the ps5 uh tomorrow which will be April 13th because this episode will be released on a Friday. So it'll be a few days from that. Uh, A PS5 update will be releasing to allow your PS5 games to be moved to extended storage. So you won't have to deal with the 650 gigabytes they give you for your PS5. And what day is this again? Uh, April 14th, which would be tomorrow in our time. Okay, 14th. Okay, awesome, awesome. 
So that's something I'm going to have to keep an eye on. But really, thank you so much for uh, joining us on our talk about the history and love of I almost said arcades, but I meant to say seventh generation. That was last episode. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to follow up uh, with Level Up Chips and CM Life on your preferred platform. We also want to plug in the the partner podcast, Raving Geeks. Brendan is a part of that. And honestly, just we want you to join us next week as we talk about indie games and have an indie developer on the show. Until next time, see ya, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having me. Yeah.